This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. It is Pastor CG here. I'm really excited to share the word with you this morning. As I shared um, in our first week, uh, this is something that's really um, been in my spirit that I believe the Holy Spirit deposited inside of me um, for this season. So I'm really excited to be able to share um, some of what he's spoken to my heart with you this morning. We are into part three of our series, God's Kingdom, Equity, Diversity, and Truth. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. My husband and I have had a blast preaching and teaching together and also in person. Um, We've had a great time in our community this month. So um, we're going to kick off in Isaiah chapter 56. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, open it up on your phones, computers, however you are reading your Bible this morning, I'm going to open us up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning or whenever people are watching this. I thank you, God, that we have the opportunity to dive into your word. These are your words for us. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you breathe life onto the word of God, that God, as I speak, that the Holy Spirit, it's you that's speaking through me. I just pray that these words minister to people today, speak to people's spirit today, so they are encouraged in God, so they are encouraged in the things of the spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So we're in Isaiah chapter 56. I don't really have any points for you today, um, but we have a few scripture references. So um, I'll try and um, give them to you in advance. You have a moment to look them up, but we're going to start in Isaiah chapter 56 uh, and starts in verse one. And what's interesting is this portion of scripture in my Bible and the New King James, um, it actually titles it Salvation for the Gentiles. Um, So let's read it. Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness. For my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who lays hold on it who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant, even to them, I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. 
The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. And we're talking about God's kingdom, equity, diversity, and truth. And what I love about this scripture is that God, in his goodness, even in the Old Testament, this is Old Testament now, this isn't under the new covenant. Jesus hasn't come yet. So this is under old covenant. God is saying, I am inviting the foreigners, the eunuchs, the people who are different, the different people, the outsiders, the ostracized, the ridiculed, the ones who are made to feel unworthy. God is saying, there is room for you in my kingdom. There is room for you in my house. Salvation is for all. God's kingdom is for all. But what's what's so funny about it is that not everyone's going to choose it. Not everyone is going to make the choice to say, Jesus is my king. And um, our job as a church, our job as followers of Christ, our job as Christians is to make God's kingdom accessible to all. And I find it so interesting here. If you read the book of Isaiah, even just a few chapters before this, it's he's actually talking about the coming Messiah. He's talking about Jesus coming. And when you think about the timeline, and even as we read, this is Old Testament, but even as you read in the New Testament and the timeline of the Gospels, um, I'm not a scholar. I'm not a, a theologian. Um, I love the word and I love the Lord. <laughs> I love to read the Bible. Um, but it's interesting because prior to this in Isaiah, he's talking about the coming Messiah the one who will who will um, bear our iniquities, carry our burdens. And then a few chapters later, he's talking about salvation to the Gentiles. Look at this in the New Testament. Jesus comes, fulfills the old covenant. And then in the Acts, when he says he's before, when Jesus goes up to heaven at the end of Mark, he's like, preach the gospel to all nations. In Acts, Peter is sent to the Gentiles. Paul sent to the Gentiles. Gentiles are people who are not Jewish people. I am a Gentile, so are you, <laughs> if you're not Jewish. This is for us. This is what God did. So even in the timeline of Isaiah's prophetic voice, we see it unfolding in the New Testament with the coming of Jesus and then the gospel being preached to people who are outside of this original covenant. I... I Love this because it shows the wholeness and the fullness of God. We talk about God being the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He literally is the beginning and the end. He knows the beginning, he knows the middle, and he has the end already planned out. And I love that in the middle of all of that, that we can find ourselves in God's timeline. God's kingdom, his kingdom is for all. His kingdom makes room for everybody. His kingdom, equity, it means that we all have access. There's no one person who is better than the other. Diversity, we have the opportunity to learn. I get to learn from my brother and sister in Christ. I get to connect with them, to know their lives, to know um, their struggles, to know their, their um successes to to help carry their burdens diversity it brings the differences into the same place so we can all learn and truth truth begins and ends with knowing who jesus is 
and what he did. Truth begins and ends with Jesus. We are eternally connected. Eternally connected. Just as Isaiah is talking here, he's saying, listen, for those people, for the foreigner, for the eunuch, if you choose me, if you join yourself to the Lord, this is what it says. I love this verse. This is verse five. It says, even to them, I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. There is no one, there is no one who doesn't have access to the kingdom of God. We all do. And if you're sitting here watching today, I want you to know that there is room for you in the kingdom of God. If you're confused about where you belong and where you should be, there's room for you in the kingdom of God. If you're confused about who you are and what's going on and, and, and just confused about life, there's room for you in the kingdom of God. Equity, diversity, and truth. God has made room for all of us. We all have access to the kingdom. And that's the goodness of God. So just to recap, we all have access to the kingdom of God. Our next scripture um, is in John chapter 18, verse 34. John chapter 18, verse 34. I'll give you a minute to turn there. This has kind of been the foundational scripture uh, for this series. We kicked off um, week one reading this scripture. Um, and I'm really excited to revisit it because there are things in here that I believe that um, can even be further illuminated. Um, so if you're already there, it's John chapter 18, verse 34 through um, 40. And we're going to read it. Um, I'm reading out of the New King James today, not the Amplified today, New King James. <laughs> Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? So this is Jesus now. He's standing before Pilate. He, um, this is after the garden, he's been arrested and um, he's standing before Pilate. So he's having a conversation with Pilate. He's already stood before the chief priests and, and all of that. And now he's standing before Pilate. Pilate had just asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him saying, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause, I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he, when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. We're going to um, end it there. And I just want to clarify some things here. 
These are the very clear statements made by Jesus. He said, one, my kingdom is not of this world. Two, I am a king. I am king. And three, I was born for this. Verse 37, um, when he says, I've come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who's of the truth, here's the amplified now. <laughs> Everyone who's of the truth, who is a friend of the truth and belongs to the truth, hears and listens carefully to my voice. Pilate said to him scornfully, what is truth? It's so interesting to me that Pilate, he asks, what is truth? Almost like the word, like how it's thrown around today. We, we keep hearing um, people say, oh, it's, it's, it's your truth. Speak your truth. What is your truth? And it's almost like you can hear the cynicism in Pilate's voice. Because think about this. He's been hearing from the chief priests. I'm sure he's been hearing from advisors. He's been hearing things about Jesus. And then he's standing in front of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, only those who are of me can hear the truth. They'll hear and listen carefully to my voice. Jesus was speaking and Pilate, standing in front of Jesus, couldn't hear the truth. Truth was standing in front of him and he couldn't see it. Here we go again. Everyone who is of the truth hears and listens carefully to my voice. Everyone who is of the truth, who is a friend of the truth and belongs to the truth, hears and listens carefully to my voice. There is only one truth and his name is Jesus. There is only one truth, and his name is Jesus. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. John 8, 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Greek word for truth, I'm not like a, my husband does this all the time with Greek words, but I thought this was interesting. Um, I'm not, I'm going to try and pronounce it. It's aletheia, aletheia. Um, that's the Greek word for truth in all of these scriptures. It's the same word. It says not merely truth as spoken. It's not just the truth that is spoken, but in idea, reality, sincerity, truth in the moral sphere, divine truth revealed to man. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Divine truth revealed to man. So why is this so important? This is important because of this. You will always hear voices in this world. Voices, whether it's internal, whether um, it's from your family, whether it's from um, marketing and advertising um, in this world, you're going to hear you're going to hear so many things. What voices for you are so loud that you can't decipher what is truth? Where you can't see Jesus? 
where you're so confused about the different thoughts that are popping up in your head, the different things you're reading, the different things you're seeing, the different things that you're taking in. What is it that is speaking so loudly that you're unable to hear and see the truth? It's not just about hot button issues. It's in the everyday. What lies are you believing that you don't need to believe? Examples, you're not beautiful. You're not smart. You don't have what it takes. You don't know the voice of God. You're confused. You think that's God, but that's not really God. You don't know what to do with your life. The lies go on and on and on and on. And unless you know the person of Jesus, who is truth, the living truth, the word of God manifests in flesh, unless you know him, these other lies will always speak louder than the truth of who he is. Kingdom people know truth. Kingdom people know Jesus. Kingdom people know where their home is. We know that living in this world is temporary. This is not the be all and end all of life. We know that one day we are going somewhere, that life doesn't end here. It continues on. Kingdom people know where their home is. Jesus knew he was not from here. He's like, my kingdom is not of this world. People of God, Christians, you are not of this world. Kingdom people, know, hear, and listen to Jesus. They, we know his voice. There's no confusion about which voice is God's, about which voice is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. There should be no confusion when you're in relationship with Jesus, when he is king and Lord over your life. You know his voice. It's if you choose to ignore it or choose to listen to it. We all have a choice. It's a beautiful thing about God. He, he gives us a choice. Living a life of faith is full of choices. Being a kingdom believer, being a kingdom person is a choice. You don't have to, have, you don't have to live this kingdom life. You can go and live your life however you want to. But if you want to see the glory of God in your life, you need to understand that you are not of this world. That there is a better place beyond here. Kingdom people know where their home is. Kingdom people know who they are. And they're okay with being misunderstood for the sake of God's kingdom. His truth. His way. Kingdom people fight and come to terms with the fact that their path, their way, their journey may be different from the masses and they're okay with it. You have to be okay with being different. It reminds me of a phrase my dad, um, when we were growing up, he used to tell this to my sister, all, my sister and I all the time, that we have to dare to be different, dare to be a Daniel, like Daniel in the Bible who ended up in the lion's den. <laughs> yeah, that's what he used to say to us all the time, dare to be different, dare to be a Daniel. And to this day, Anybody who knows me knows you can't make me do anything I really don't want to do. <laughs> I am okay 
standing alone. I'm okay with that if it means that I'm standing for truth. And if it means that my conviction and my heart, my conscience is at peace with the things of God, with the kingdom things, I'm okay with that. And as kingdom people, we have to be okay with occasionally being misunderstood. Kingdom people, in spite or of, of um, momentary distractions or even um, misdirection or indiscretions, know with certainty that because of who they are, they will, let me say that again. Kingdom people, in spite of momentary distraction or misdirection, um, know that with know with certainty that because of who they are, that God's plan will prevail for their lives. You know that we're going to make mistakes. We're not perfect. We're not. Um, we're not supposed to be perfect. And what is perfection? It is becoming more like Jesus. He's perfect. So even these images that we see in this world of, oh, I want this, I want to look like this, I want to be like this, um, our guide and our um, focal point should always be Jesus. You think that you can be better at something? Um, seek the Lord. Is it more like Jesus? Is what people see in you a reflection of who he is? We know who we are. We don't allow mistakes to derail us from God's purpose for our lives. Kingdom people know that even when I make a mistake, God is gracious, God is merciful, God is faithful, God is good. When we come to him, he is a loving and forgiving father. Our lives are, are lived in this state of, of godly um, repentance and honor. It's not about the mistakes, it's about how we posture and position ourselves after the mistakes, we allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to do its work in us. So it brings us to this place of submission and humility at the feet of God. That is a kingdom person. We don't allow circumstances to dictate who we are and who we will be. We will make mistakes. It's inevitable. It is not possible to live on this earth in this imperfect form and may be a perfect person. It's just not possible. Only Jesus did that. <laughs> and our lives, we live to be like Jesus. We make decisions that, that draw us closer to him. We make decisions that are a reflection of who we are and where we've come from. We are kingdom people. We are kingdom minded. We make kingdom decisions. We're all about establishing God's kingdom here. Praise God. The kingdom of God is over, works, is over us, in us, and works through us. Praise God. That's week number one. If you haven't heard week number one, go back and listen to week number one. Um, it just reminds me of, um, I, we're always teaching our kids um, scripture. We're always teaching them different verses that we think would be relevant to them in their lives. And one of them that we teach them is, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And sometimes they're like, oh, I don't want to say it, mom. I don't want to say it. I'm like, say it, say it. <laughs> when they're like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. You know, that little whiny kid voice. That's my kids sometimes. I'm like, we're not about whining in this house. Um, and you can do it. And it's not that you can do it on your own. If you're having trouble doing it on your own, who do you go to? 
And so what I did was I took little sticky notes and I stuck it up on the mirror in the bathroom. So, you know, kids, they spend a lot of time in the bathroom, bathing, bathroom, brushing their teeth, doing all kinds of stuff. And I was like, I'm going to tape this verse up on their mirror. So every time they stand up to wash their hands, brush their teeth, whatever it is, um, they're going to see this Bible verse and I'm going to have them say it every time they see it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes I ask my daughter, I'm like, who are you? She's like, I'm Giovanna Noel Mandoli. Yes, you are. You're a daughter of God. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You were made in the image of God. You are made beautiful. You're wise. You're smart. You have the wisdom of God. I am constantly reminding them of who they are, reminding them that you live here. But know that even though we have given you a name, you began somewhere else and you will end somewhere else should you choose Jesus as Lord and King of your life. And I think it's so important even for us when we forget, put those scriptures in places where you can see it. Put those verses in places where you can be reminded of who you are. We all have weaknesses. Whatever your weaknesses are, put find the, the scripture, find the, the passage of scripture that applies to that area of your life and put it in a place where you remember it. Put it in a place where you can see it, where you can speak it. So you remember who you are, you remember where you've come from, and you remember why you're here. Jesus said, I'm here for this cause, I am here. For this cause, you are here. The kingdom of God will be established here because you're here. You are part of God's kingdom. So you have a role, you have a placement, you have a position in his kingdom that you, only you, can establish here on this earth. If I can teach my children that, how much more so for us can we train ourselves, teach ourselves to, to understand who we are, why we're here, where we're from, so we can establish his kingdom here on earth. Let me start it, everybody. If you struggle with some of these things, remind yourself that God's truth isn't relative. His truth is not a relative truth. It's absolute. So when you say it, you're actually speaking truth. The Bible says that Jesus is the word. John 1 talks about the word became flesh. He is the actual living, breathing word of God. So when you speak the word of God, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You're speaking truth over yourself and into your situation. Amen. I'm excited. I love talking about Jesus. Anyway, our next scripture is Hebrews chapter 11. If you want to turn there with me, it's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Um, so we're taking a journey here. We started in Isaiah. We were in, um, what scripture were we in there? We were in John, and now we're in Hebrews. So we, we took took some scripture from the Old Testament, we were in the New Testament, and now this is post-ascension. This is after Jesus is gone. Um, we're reading in Hebrews chapter 11. And this chapter, some of you may know, this is what we call the Hall of Faith because it speaks of all the people who lived lives of faith. If you read through that scripture, you'll constantly see, by faith, so-and-so, by faith, so-and-so, 
by faith. Like I was reading through this the other day. I was just underlining by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And sometimes we try to live up to these people. But if you look at all these people in this passage of scripture, you will read about their lives and you'll see that they made mistakes on the way. But what's beautiful is that here we're seeing how they were honored because of the faith that they had in God. Despite mistakes, despite challenges, despite them working out their issues with God, they're in the hall of faith. I love this. Um, here we go. Verse, 11, verse 13, chapter 11, verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embrace them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. So if they were talking about where they were, were actually born and where they were raised, they could have gone back there. But now they desire a better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. We can't be God's kingdom-minded and not be eternity-minded. They go hand in hand. Our faith requires us to think and believe beyond what we can see. I love the thought of being eternity-minded because it, it gives you hope. It gives me hope that beyond here, there's a home for me. That beyond here, just like it says, God has prepared a city for them. They desire better. That is a heavenly country. Kingdom-minded means being eternity-minded. We can see what others can't see. We can behold God's glory. We know his voice. We're led by his voice. We recognize his voice. And because of that, we can find hope in the middle of despair and seeming hopelessness. There's always hope because we can see beyond where we are. This is just a reminder of the fact that as people of faith, as kingdom people, we live in this world, but we have a promise that extends beyond what we can see. It makes living this life even more purposeful because we know that I'm living here. I'm doing what God has called me to do here, and I'm going to do it until the day I see Jesus face to face. There is a, there is a, connection to something beyond ourselves. And that's the beauty of being people of faith. That's the beauty of being um, part of this hall of faith. I am part of this hall of faith because I am a person of faith. I'm a child of God. 
I'm a kingdom kid. I am somebody who can say, I'm not from this world. Yes, I live here. Yes, I, I'm raising my children here. I'm teaching them how to live in this world, but not be affected by the things of this world. I'm teaching them to live in this world and be resilient and strong in faith. Will they fail? Will they have moments? Yes. Have I failed? Do I still have moments? Yes. But there is nothing that can shake me from knowing who I am and where I've come from and where I will be one day. That is so key to being a person of faith. How can you have faith to believe if you don't understand that where I am is temporary? If you put all your faith in this moment, in what's happening to you, in what you're experiencing, and what you're living, I wonder, can you actually truly have a picture of God's heart for what he's doing here and what he wants to do. My challenge to you would be to pray that God opens your eyes to see his vision, opens your heart to have his heart, his plan, his purposes at work inside of you. So if the world struggles with equity, we look to him and see what he says. We don't just rely on what we think. We don't just rely on what we've experienced. When the world struggles with equity, we say this is what equity looks like. God's kingdom is for all. It is for everybody. It is accessible to everybody. And how are you making it accessible to everybody? How is God's kingdom at work inside of you so people want to be part of God's kingdom. If the world struggles with diversity, we allow God to show us the beauty of our differences. Let us see things as God sees them. Let that be the prayer of your heart. God, I want to see what you see. I want to see the beauty in people that you see. I want to have your heart for people in this world. I want to love those who are different from me. I want to embrace those who are different from me. I want to make room at the table for people who are different from me so I can learn, so I can develop, so I can be an expression of the heart of God, so I can be a living expression of the kingdom of God. If the world struggles with truth, we point them to Jesus. Me, in and of myself, I don't have the truth by myself. I know the truth and the truth is at work in me. And therefore, I can share the truth. I can talk truth. It's not just my story. It's Jesus in my story who gets the glory. It is Jesus in me who is being shared with others. It is the truth of his work in my life that is attractive to people. You want truth? Let me show you Jesus. You're confused? Let me point you to the one who will give you clarity and direction. You don't know who you are? Let me point you to the one who created you. He is truth. Truth can only be found in Jesus. Truth can only be found in Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father 
except through him. My prayer for you today is that you discover who Jesus is. And I don't care how long you've been serving the Lord. I don't care how long you've called yourself a Christian. We can always be more about God's kingdom business. I'm finding in my life that there's shifts and changes happening. Every season, there's something that God is doing. There's something that God is working out in me. There's something where he's pushing that button saying, I want to work on you here. I want to, I want to, I want more of you here. All of us are on this journey. And there's some of you that are beginning this journey. If you want to be part of this beautiful kingdom of God, the kingdom of God that is for everybody, the kingdom of God that embraces the beauty of who he created you to be, the kingdom of God that is eternal. If you want to be part of this kingdom, I want to invite you to say this prayer with me today. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.